Welcome to Southside Presbyterian Church. The following sermon was taken from our Sunday gathering. If you'd like to find out more, or if we can help you on your journey in faith, head to our website, www.southsidepc.org, or visit us any Sunday morning at 9am. Now, Journey, if you're interested, is only about three grand to go to work out for six days with other like-minded people. $3,000 to go and work out. Um, If you want to go along to that, their tagline was all of the good stuff and none of the bad. You'd hope so, right, for three grand. Now, she was, this was a behind-the-scenes documentary of her setting it up and making her fitness kind of stations and all that sort of stuff. And on one of the stations, she was talking about the difficulty of this station that she was setting up, and she said, you know, you just got to push through it because life is a journey, not a destination. Now, I've got to admit personally that didn't motivate me to go and work out, but I do see the appeal to this idea that life is a journey. I do see the the appeal of it because it's sort of exciting, this idea that we are on this journey somewhere. Even if we don't know where we're going, whether it's got to do with fitness or not, this idea that life is a journey is exciting. There's some appeal to it. There's appeal to it because, you know, if you think about if life is a journey, then there's always something good lying around the corner, right? Like on a road trip, you can always just hope for the next nice city or nice destination. If life is a journey, when life gets hard, You know, we can have this hope of there's something better for us. We can get out of this difficulty because there's something better, like on the road. You know, you can just go to the next city, the next town. If life is a journey, when it's stale, when life gets boring, stagnant, you know, whether in a relationship or a job or our study, the idea that we are on the road to something gives us excitement because we can just move on from what's boring, stale, and stagnant. This idea that life is a journey is an attractive one. It's exciting, it's adventurous, it always keeps us guessing. But there is a question that must be asked if life is a journey, a question that not enough people ask, and it's the question, if life is a journey, where are we going to end up at the end of it? If life is a journey, if we are on the road somewhere, where are we going to find ourselves at the end of this road trip? Where are we going to find ourselves at the end of this? Where are we going to be when it all finishes up? Well, Jesus today speaks into this idea, Long before Sarah's day did, long before this idea, life is a journey, not a destination, came about, Jesus spoke about how life is a journey. But we notice as we look at this passage today, it's really simple for us. There's two verses and two ideas that Jesus wants to get at, and and he's going to show us that there's two different journeys with two different destinations. We're going to see why this matters. And so we see the first journey that he speaks about here in verse 13. He picks it up where he speaks about the first journey people can travel on, enter through the narrow gate, and then this is the first journey. For wide is the gate, he says, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. What does Jesus need us to know about this idea that life is a journey? Well, the the first is, so we're going to see this, there's two different journeys that people can take. Two different people on that journey and two different destinations that we can go on. And the first journey Jesus spells out here, he says there is a wide road. There's a wide road that people take. The journey of life that some go on is a wide one. Now, what does he mean when, you know, he says wide road? I wonder what comes into your mind when you think of some wide roads. You know, if you were sitting there listening to Jesus in the ancient world, your mind would go to the Roman roads. Rome would build these massive roads going into their big cities. They were well-traveled roads. But the key thing with these wide Roman roads were they were easy. For me, I think of 
the new gateway. You know, if you've driven out to Ipswich or back from Ipswich, those roads, so easy. They're so good to travel, right? You know what I'm talking about if you've driven those roads. <laughs> Wide roads, the key thing is they're easy. Now, what's Jesus getting at? What's this idea that he's saying here that some people can travel a journey through life that's easy? Well, the, the context here matters. And here Jesus is speaking in chapter 7 of Matthew at the end of a pretty famous sermon that he does called the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus spells out that following him is difficult. The way of Jesus, you could say, is hard, which means when he's saying some travel in an easy way, you could kind of frame that as the way of the world. Following Jesus is hard. And the reason it's hard is for two reasons. Firstly, you've got to say that Jesus is your saviour. So you've got to admit that you need a saviour, and admitting you need saving is hard. You know, because that's admitting I'm not good enough. I can't save myself. It's hard to say that you need a saviour, but you've also, in following Jesus, the way of Jesus also requires not just that you have a saviour, you need a saviour, but also that you want Jesus as your king. You want Jesus as your king. Not just your king that you lift up, but your king that you listen to. Now here's why the way of Jesus is hard. In the Sermon on the Mount, if we are going to listen to this king, some of the stuff he says in the Sermon on the Mount is pretty hard. It's hard to actually follow Jesus the way he's called us to. So you think of some of the stuff, the famous stuff from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Give away your money. Be generous. That's hard. The easy way there is not doing that, right? The easy way is holding on to our money putting it in our bank account, building up our security and our life here and now. Think about some of the other stuff Jesus has said. You know, he said, trust in the God who's in control of tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow because the God who feeds the birds of the air and clothes the grass of the field, he's in control of tomorrow. But the easy way, I'm in control. I'm in control of today and I'm in control of tomorrow. I'm in control of my relationships, my stuff, my plans. I'm in control of it all. The easy road, the wide road, is actually saying, I'm in control. What about loving your enemies? Jesus said, love your enemies and turn the other cheek. That's not easy, right? I mean, all of us in our minds, we can think of people that we struggle to do that with. That's not easy. The easy road, the wide road, is hating our enemies, getting revenge when we can. Jesus said, be salt and light. He even said that following him might lead to persecution. That's hard. The easy road, the wide road, is not doing that. It's not speaking up about our faith. It's holding on to it. It's avoiding persecution. So you start to see, right, how the way of Jesus is hard. But Jesus says that there's a wide road, an easy road, a road that many people travel, and this road is easy. This is where people say, I don't need the Savior I don't need saving and I don't want the king. I'm not going to listen to him. So this is the first journey that people can take. This is the type of road. It's a wide road. It's an easy road. Jesus, though, isn't just interested in showing us about the journey. He shows us who's on this road. And you notice there in that passage, he says many people are on this road. Many people travel on this wide, easy road. Now, we know this practically speaking when we you know, think about the highways, more people than not drive on the highways. Going into the city, you take the Pacific motorway, you don't take the back streets, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the Pacific motorway anyway. But you take the highway into the city, you don't go the back streets and, and work your way there. The, more people take the easy road. Jesus is saying here that more people are going to reject him, follow the way of the world, than will accept him. 
Right? Like Jesus said that from the very beginning, that there would be more people that don't go on the way of Jesus and go on the way of the world. More people will do that. More people, less people are going to follow Jesus. You know, when we look out at our world, like I know, like culturally, you think of Australia, kind of like 100 years ago, 99% of people on the census would say that they're Christians. Fast forward, and it's far less now. And for some of us, this is like, this is shocking that, you know, our country's going in this direction, but it shouldn't surprise us. Across the world, it shouldn't surprise us when we see people that, that there are more people going on the way of the world than are on the way of Jesus. Jesus said from the very beginning that people would travel on this road, that the easy road would be well-traveled. Now, the temptation is to think that because more people are on this road, the way of the world, then they must be right. You know, I wonder if you've ever thought that, you know, looked around at the world and gone, well, there is a lot of people that don't follow the way of Jesus. So are they right? Have they got it right? Have we got it wrong? Are they right? The, the majority of people, are they right if they follow the way of the world? Well, we know if we think about it, though, that not always when a crowd runs in a particular direction are they getting things right. You know, we know that peer pressure is not always the best. We know that crowds can sometimes get it wrong. We know that just because a group of people are going in one direction doesn't make them going in the right direction. In fact, I was reading about this this week. There's this story from Ohio in 1933 when a whole town decided one day to go for a run. So it was the 12th of March, 1933, and the rumor earlier that day was that the dam nearby had broken and that the water was spilling and it was going to come for that town. That was the rumor earlier in the day. At 12 o'clock midday, someone decided to go for a run. They were just going for a run. In 10 minutes, 2,000 people had joined this person on the run. 2,000 people in this town were going for a run, and from out of the crowd going from a run, there were, a, there were lines being yelled out. The dam has broken, they were saying. Go east away from the river. We're all going to die. Now, the, the person writing this article was saying they, they began running. And, and after a few minutes, the whole town had joined them away from this town in Ohio. And after they got a few kilometers, the author of the article said, no one in the crowd had ever stopped to consider whether the dam, if it did break, would even reach the town. More than that, no one considered the evidence. No one even thought about why there's no water on any path or any road leading into town. And so what happened, this whole town ran away from their town and then one by one, kilometers away from home, they began returning home. There was a moment in history where a whole town ran away from nothing, towards nothing, and ended nowhere. It shouldn't surprise us when crowds sometimes get it wrong. Just because a group of people go somewhere doesn't make them right. Jesus said on the wide, easy road that many would travel this road. More people than not would get on the road away from Jesus, not towards him. More people would live in the way of the world, the way of ease, than of the way of Jesus. So you've got the type of road. It's an easy road. You've got the people on it, the type of people on it, and then you've got the destination. You see, Jesus isn't interested in just showing us that life is a journey. He wants to show us where it ends. And where does this wide, easy road with many people end? He said it there. It ends in destruction. You see, there's, there's sometimes we're running away from something and running towards something. There's sometimes where it doesn't matter. Like a town in Ohio running away from a dam that didn't break, that doesn't matter. Sometimes it does. And Jesus is saying here, for those on the wide road, the many people on the wide road, this, this does matter because it ends in destruction. 
You see, you've either got the way of Jesus or the way of the world, and if we're deciding to go the way of the world, we are rejecting Jesus. And the reason that way ends in destruction is because of what the Bible says over and over again, that the wages of sin is death. If we're going to reject Jesus, then at the end of our journey, we're going to face Jesus. If we're going to reject him, at the end of the day, we're going to face the God of justice and holiness and perfection. And and in that day, only we will face the punishment for our actions. The wages of sin is death. The way of the world leads to destruction. This couldn't matter anymore. This matters more than anything else in the world. Life is not just a journey that leads nowhere. It leads somewhere, and Jesus is spelling out for us that it leads to destruction. The way of the world leads to destruction. Now, it's worth hearing this warning this morning. It's worth feeling the weight of this, right? For ourselves, for those that we love, and for the fact that there are many people on the wide road. It's worth soaking up Jesus' warning here. He's not messing around. He, He puts it straight to us. There is a wide road, an easy road, with many people on it, and it leads to destruction. This should move us. This should break us. But it shouldn't surprise us. Now, as we begin to feel the weight of this, it's worth noting that in this passage, Jesus isn't just giving us the warning. No, his heart here is to invite us to take a different path. He doesn't want us on that road. He wants us to invite us. He's inviting us to take a different path, a different road. You notice that at the very beginning of this verse, in verse 13, he said, enter through the narrow gate before the warning was this invitation. And then he spells it out in verse 14. He says, small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Now again, the same three things we saw before. We get the type of road, the people on it, and where it leads. And the type of road, what is it? It's a narrow road. Now again, I don't know what goes through your mind when you think of a narrow road. In the ancient world, you wouldn't think of the wide Roman roads, though you'd think of the small, narrow roads leading to small Jerusalem uh, Jewish towns. That's kind of where you'd go in your mind. Today, if you think about it, I think of where Google tends to lead you when you put an address in, and Google takes you down those narrow roads. We once went through a national park across a dirt track to get where we were going, thanks to Google. That's where my mind goes. But what's the idea that Jesus is getting at? If that's the image, what's the idea? Well, if the wide road's easy, the narrow road is hard. The narrow road is difficult. There is a a reason more people go on the highways into the cities. It's because it's difficult to go through the narrow roads. Jesus here is getting at this idea. To go the way of Jesus, it's going to be hard. Now, why is it hard? Well, again, context. We've got to remember where we are in this story and in this sermon And the Sermon on the Mount, the way of Jesus, if we're going to follow him, first and foremost, it requires us to say, I need a saviour. It's hard to say that. It's hard to say I need saving because it's admitting that I'm not good enough. I can't do it. I need someone else to rescue me. Saying that we need a saviour is hard. Saying that we want a king, that's also hard. That we want King Jesus. And not just the king that we lift up, but the king that we listen to. Right? So again, you think about the things that he's called us to. You think about the way of Jesus. It's hard. Store up your treasures in heaven. Give generously. That's not easy. 
It's hard to consistently give. It's hard to keep giving when the bills keep rising. You know, when you get paid and you know there's things around the corner, that's difficult. It's hard to trust the God who's in control, to think that God's got tomorrow in his hands. That's hard. It's easier to think I'm in control and I can do this. The way of Jesus there is hard. It's hard to love your enemies. It's hard to turn the other cheek. It's hard to be salt and light in our community. It's hard to keep speaking about Jesus. It's hard to face persecution. The way of Jesus is hard. Right? Sometimes people will say and give this impression that following Jesus is going to be the easiest thing that you can do. It's the best thing that you can do, but it, it's probably the hardest thing that you can do. Day in, day out, turning up, serving, laying your life, dying to yourself, all of the stuff that Jesus said. It's really difficult to follow Jesus. And Jesus said that that would be the case. He said it's a narrow road. It's not a wide road of ease. It's a narrow road. It's difficult. There's winds, there's bumps, there's turns. It's not soft underfoot. But again, Jesus isn't just willing to show us the journey that people can take if they want to follow Jesus. He shows us the type of people on it. And what does he say? He says, few will find it. Few will find this road. Less people will follow Jesus than the people who reject him. More people will go the way of the world than the way of Jesus. And again, it shouldn't surprise us. When people weigh up what the world offers us ease compared to what Jesus offers us in a difficult life, more people will take the way of the world. Reminds me of the rich young ruler when he came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, sell all you've got and give to the poor. And the ruler went away sad. It's too hard for him. How many times do we see this though? Like we, we know this. Deep within our hearts, we know this. Sometimes people grow up in Christian communities and then get to an age where it just gets a bit hard and the way of the world is easier. Jesus said this would happen. Few people will find it. Few people will travel the narrow road because it's difficult, it's challenging, it's hard. And so if you've got these two things, right, the, the narrow road that's hard and, and few people on it, then it raises a simple question. Why would anyone get on this road? Well, it's because of the destination, right? Jesus isn't interested in just putting it randomly up to us that life is a journey. He points out where that journey ends if we go on the narrow road, and he says the narrow road leads to life. Following Jesus may be difficult and hard, few people on it, but it is the only way that leads to life. There is no other way that leads to life. Jesus alone is the way that leads to eternal life. The way of the world leads to destruction, but the way of Jesus leads to unending, glorious, beautiful life. There is a hope of eternity in Jesus. Now here's the crazy thing, right? The, the, the reason this leads to life is not simply because we're good enough. It's not simply because of our obedience, but it's because of Jesus. Because we've got a savior and a king. And, and in this passage, it should remind us of another road that this king traveled. Because Jesus, when he warns people of a road that leads to destruction, in a few years' time, he's going to travel that road. He's going to put a cross on his shoulders and go up a road that leads to death. And over and over again, he didn't take the easy way out. Right? Like he could have escaped being captured. He could have escaped being beaten. He didn't need to be hung on the cross, but he took the hard way. And why did he do that? So that those who followed Jesus wouldn't have to face destruction. Jesus took our death so that we could have his life. 
And so that we know when we get on the way of Jesus, we can know this is secure for us, that this hope is there for us, and that there is eternal life on offer for us if we get on the narrow road with few people. It leads to life. Now, as we see these two roads with two different people on it and two different destinations, we have to ask this question, what does it mean for us? Right, because as today, we're not just meant to kind of see this idea and hold it at a distance. We have to ask what this means for us. And it's pretty simple. We just got to figure out what road we're on and whether we want to stay on that road. Right, like some of us today, we're on the wide road. Some of us here have decided the way of ease is better than the way of Jesus, the way of this world, the way where we don't have to listen to a savior or a king and we can just choose to go our own way. Some of us have decided to do that. You know, spend our money how we want, hold on to our control how we want, not love our enemies, not do any of that. We just live our life our own way. If that's you here today, you have to know this. Life is not a journey that leads nowhere. It's a journey that leads somewhere. There is a destination. And if we reject Jesus, it will end in destruction. And so as you hear this, as you see this, you just have to ask the question, is that where you want to go? Is 70 years of ease, or 80 years of ease, or 50 years of ease, is it worth the sacrifice for eternity? Jesus is kind of inviting us and imploring us to slow down and consider if that's the road we want to be on. And honestly, a few hours, a few months, a few years of considering that compared to eternity is not much. So if that's you on the wide road, we're kind of inviting you imploring, come and see, is this the road you want to be on? Look at the evidence. See whether or not, like the people running from Ohio, see whether or not the evidence holds up. See whether or not that what you've heard is true. Consider it. Because if it is true, it impacts your eternity. If it's not true, then what is it? A few hours you've wasted exploring it. Whatever it is, though, you see the sacrifice here. You see what Jesus is holding up. There is a journey that leads to life and a journey that leads to death. If you're on the wide road, please consider it. But then secondly, right, if we are people here this morning who think we're on the road that leads to life, we have to understand that this is not the wide road. The wide road leads to death. We can't be on the way of the world and hold on to this and go, well, I'm on the way of the world, but I want eternal life. It's the narrow road that leads to life. Which means we must, over and over again, come back to this and consider, is Jesus really the saviour we're holding on to that we need? And he is the king. Is he the king that we want? Are we listening to this king? Trusting this king? Doing what this king has asked us to do? We can't have the wide road and eternal life. It's the narrow road that leads to life. And so we must consider this again. Those things that we talked about, storing up treasures in heaven, control, loving our enemies, all of that stuff that Jesus had just spoken about in the Sermon on the Mount. This is what it looks like to walk in the way of Jesus. And it's this way that leads to life. So here's the two questions for us. Do you want the wide road, the way of ease that leads to death, or the narrow road that leads to something better in Jesus? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray as we consider this this morning that you would help us to weigh it up, to see what's on offer, to see what's at stake, 
and to not just live in this moment based on right now. We pray, Father, that you would help us see the evidence. Help us consider what's at stake. And as we do that, see that the narrow road, although it's difficult, and although there are a few on it, is the only way that leads to life. Jesus, we pray that as we come to you, that you would give us the strength and the ability to stay on this path until we see you face to face. For it might mean a bit of difficulty right now, but there is an eternity of joy, of peace, of life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.